chapter 4 and verse 5. Then the Lord will create over the whole site of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day and smoke and a shining of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory there will be a canopy. 耶和华也必在西安全山并各会众以上，使白日有烟云，黑夜有火焰的光，因为在全荣耀之上必有遮蔽。We can see that the Lord desires glory because at the very end of the Bible in the Book of Revelation, we see the glory there once again. 我们知道神是看愿意那个荣耀，因为在启示录我们也看到荣耀。As John sees the holy city Jerusalem. Uh, he says in verse 21, uh, chapter 21, verse 23, And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine in it, for the glory of God gives its light, and its lamp is the lamp. And with all of that, we go now to John chapter 1. So if you want to turn there, that would be good. We'll read two verses, verse 1 and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Lord always desires that His glory could shine. In those verses in the Old Testament, we see some powerful manifestations of His glory. See how powerful it was? In the Old Testament, we see great manifestations of the glory of God. The people must have been frightened to death. When the glory came down on Mount Sinai, it came down as a furnace of fire and cloud and smoke. But we also see that as Israel went through the wilderness, over the tabernacle, there was always a cloud, always a fire of the glory of God. So we know the glory was over the tabernacle. And we remember the amazing moment when Solomon built the Lord, his temple in Jerusalem. And Solomon laid out on the altar thousands of offerings. And Solomon prayed, O oh Lord, come to your temple. 
And the fire came down and burnt all of those offerings. And the glory of God entered the temple, and all of the priests had to run out. Because when the Lord enters his temple, nobody can minister there except God who ministers by his glory. There were other moments in Old Testament history where the glory of God shone in this powerful way. But there was another form of glory that we find throughout Israel's history as well. This glory is called the Shekinah or Shekinah glory. Have you ever heard of that before? The Shekinah glory was the glory they found in the temple. And so they called it Shekinah, which means residing glory or the glory of presence. This was a sense of the presence of God in the temple. So when Solomon built his temple, there was no more cloud and fire over the temple. But the rabbis say, whenever you came to Solomon's temple, walked into the very presence of the Shekinah. You can read the Psalms of Ascents. When the children made their pilgrimages up to Jerusalem in the feast time. They sang songs praising God for his faithfulness. But they anticipated coming to the house of God and sensing the presence of God. It may be these feasting times very, very special. Imagine feasting in the presence of the Lord. This was unheard of by most religions. But our God came down to be with the Jews on the Temple Mount as they celebrated these feasts. But on a personal basis, we also have one more example of the Shekinah glory. And that's the glory on the face of Moses. When he came down from the mountain. He radiated the presence of God. And it so scared the people, he had to put a veil on. But when you are in the presence of Shekinah, some Shekinah rubs off on you. Now, one of the great tragedies of Old Testament history, many Christians are not really aware of, 
But the rabbis of Israel talk about it all the time. 可是以色列的拉比他们经常说。And do you know what that tragedy was? 你知道这个悲剧是什么吗? When the Babylonians came and destroyed the Temple of Solomon, 当巴比伦人来把所罗门的圣殿毁了的时候。On the temple, spiritually was written, Ichabod. 在圣殿上面写的Ichabod。You know Ichabod? 你知道Ichabod吗? It means the glory has departed. 就是荣耀离开了。It means when the temple was destroyed, God's glory went away. 当圣殿被毁的时候，神的荣耀就离开了。If you read in Ezekiel, very sad commentary of how the glory went from the in holy of holies to the outer threshold, and then finally up to the mountain, and finally went away.你如果读以西结记，你看到神的荣耀如何从那至圣所一直挪到门槛，然后一直到外头，最后就离开。But here is the tragedy. And it weighed heavily, especially upon the priests of Israel. Even after they came back as a remnant after the captivity. And you know the remnant and the rubble, they built the temple again. But there was no Shekinah. There was no sense of his presence. And you know, during the lifetime of Jesus, Herod was taking that temple and building it and making it full of gold. And he poured millions of dollars of money to make the, the temple glorious on the outside. But there was no Shekinah. Glory on the outside. Empty on the inside. And there's only one reason for this. You know what that reason is? Because there was no ark in the Holy of Holies. When Solomon's temple was destroyed, something happened to the ark. We don't know what. Indiana Jones was searching for the ark. And there's many uh, uh, stories that maybe somebody took the ark and hid it in Ethiopia. Got the country right? But in any case, it wasn't in the temple. And what does that symbolize? On top of the ark was the mercy seat where God invisibly sat. So when you came, to Jerusalem, the presence of God was there. But now, no more presence of God. There was no ark, there was no throne. But there was the promise of the prophets that one day the glory would come back to Mount Zion. 
I'll just read that one verse in Isaiah chapter 4 once again. Isaiah prophesied that after Israel was cleansed of her idolatry and sin, he said, Then the Lord will create over the whole site of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day and smoke and the shining of a flaming fire by night for over all the glory there will be a canopy. So down through the captivity, and even during the days of Jesus, and even beyond that to modern day, at the end of every one of the three feasts of Israel, they offer a prayer. And this is their prayer. Oh Messiah, come to Israel and bring the glory back to the temple. Oh Messiah, uh, they prayed that after Passover they prayed that after Pentecost they prayed that after the Feast of David now even today the Jewish rabbis pray two things regarding the glory one for the return of the Messiah and the glory of God in the kingdom. But the second brings us to the Gospel of John. Because the rabbi said, Oh God, reveal to us your glory in the Word of God. And they began to call God by this nickname, the Word. Praying that the glory of God would come through the word. Well, praise God, we know the glory came. And even we see the tremendous glory that fell upon the Christians at the day of Pentecost. The glory of God indeed came upon Mount Zion. And the Spirit of God came down as a rushing breath. And when the Spirit of God breathed upon Mount Zion, the church was born. Uh, came to life by the Holy Spirit. And more were saved that very day. And then we see something else. As in various places, the church of Jesus Christ was built. Because Jesus' wonderful life was in the saints, you could sense the Shekinah glory. You remember how Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. If an outsider comes into your presence while you're worshiping and prophesying, 
我们最大的祝福就是知道那神的同在。The book of Revelation tells us,啊，启示录跟我们说，that in the last days,啊，在末后的日子，the church is losing its glory,啊，教会在失去它的荣耀。The glory is represented by the golden lampstand,那个荣耀是被那个金灯台代表的。But the glory was fading. Because the church was pursuing many outward things. And the glory was departing. Now the church, we know even in the church of Ephesus or in the church of Laodicea, the saints were very busy. Preaching gospel, having Bible study, prayer meeting, worship, but where was the presence of God? And so the book of Revelation talks to us about the glory of God being seen in the New Jerusalem. And anybody who reads the book of Revelation and sees the church in chapters 2 and 3, surely we must have this prayer, O Lord, return your presence and your glory to the church. Now this is where John's gospel comes in. John was a brother uniquely raised up to recover the glory of God. I remember when I read the first time, What shall this man do by Watchman Nee? Is that what it's called in Chinese? How many of you have read that? Uh, just a few, huh? Some people aren't sure, really. <laughs> this tells us the story of three great apostles. And how God raised up each apostle just at the right time. Now God took Peter the fisherman. As the first apostle raised up with great power. And Peter was maybe the greatest uh, fisher of men. You know, when he would throw the net, he would bring in 3,000 people to the kingdom. Peter the fisherman was a great fisher of men. And God used him in the early days of the church to bring in many people to the kingdom. But now, 
Can I put it nicely? Peter didn't know what to do with these people. Praise God. The Lord raised up the Apostle Paul. Now Paul had been a tent maker. So God would make him the builder of the church. Now in order to do that, first Paul had to see the glory of God. And he saw it on the road to Damascus. He saw the glory of God. Shekinah. As a Jew, he prayed all his life, please bring the Shekinah. Now he saw it. And made him fall off his horse. And he found out the Shekinah was Jesus. And so he built the church according to the Shekinah glory. He didn't build the church like a synagogue. He built the church as the body of the Christ of glory. And so as the church was built in that second phase, it was wonderful to see the glory, Shekinah glory in the church. He was a master builder. We know that Paul died sometime maybe 65 AD. And then as the church went through the 60s, the 70s, 80s, and 90s at the end of the first century, all the apostles except John were martyred. All those original fishers of men and church builders were gone. And the church entered into very difficult times of persecution. And the church also became distracted by many other things. Their first love, they left. And that's the beginning of the end for the glory of God. But the Lord raised up John. He was a young man in the days when Jesus walked the earth. But now he was an old man in his 80s. Much younger than Brother Stephen Tong. But God waited a long time and then raised up John to bring the glory back to the church of God. And as our brother Ni points out, when Jesus called the Apostle John, now what was he doing? Now he was he was fishing, but not the, not when he was called. What was he doing? Mending the net. The nets of the kingdom had gotten broken. Oh, 这个, uh, 国度的渔网好像有破了. 
But John was raised up to mend the net. So restore the things of glory into the church. To bring back the healing of God and recovery of the things that had been lost. So let me just share with you how wonderful God's sovereign plan is of raising up John. Now you know John grew up with his brother James. The family had a fishing business. The father was involved. They had servants. It was a big business. And we remember that John and James in the early days were called sons of thunder. They were good good disciples, but they were very impatient. At that time, John wasn't praying for glory to come down. He prayed for thunder and lightning to come down. But you know what happens when you begin to follow Jesus? John was young, but he had a real heart for Jesus. And as they went around, John became one of the inner three, inner circle of disciples. And because John loved Jesus so much, he probably always went to Jesus asking questions. Always wanted to know more. What did you mean by that? Peter says, John, shut up. Don't stop asking him so many questions. John loved Jesus. And Jesus loved John. He became the disciple whom Jesus loved. So when Jesus was dying on the cross, he looked down, and the only disciple he could see was John. Everybody else ran away. And he said to John, John, take care of my mommy. There was a close bond between John and Jesus. Now John ministered as an apostle for many years. His life was a servant of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. In the early days he must have experienced many glorious experiences and blessings. But I also don't know anybody who suffered more loss than the Apostle John. You know, he was one of John the Baptist's closest disciples. And he was brokenhearted when John was killed. And then of course, what can you imagine young John would think when Jesus went away? Or how much do you think John suffered when his brother was the first martyr of the apostles to die? Just a few years after the church began. 
那个时候约翰的感受。As John faithfully served, he saw one by one the apostles all giving up their life for the gospel. 当约翰很忠心的服侍的时候，他看到使徒们一位一位的都为主啊丧命。And then he saw the tragedy of Jerusalem's destruction by the Roman army. 他也看到耶路撒冷在罗马军队的底下被毁。Now John had connections, his family in Jerusalem. 约翰在耶路撒冷里头有他家庭的一些关系。And when the Romans came in, they killed more than a million Jews. 当那个罗马军队进来的时候，他们杀了超过一百万的犹太人。And all the Sadducees and priests and Pharisees, they were all killed.那些撒都该人、那些祭司、那些法利赛人，他们都被杀。The whole Jerusalem temple and the Jewish system was gone.那耶路撒冷的圣殿跟献祭的制度，通通都没有了。And the people were scattered all over the place.他们所有的人都被打散。But on top of all of that. As he came to an old age, he saw the church declining and the glory of God going away. But thank God, John had the one remedy that could restore the glory of God. Even as an old man, the Apostle John was full of the overcoming life of Jesus. He understood, perhaps better than any disciple, the importance of abiding in Jesus as the vine and living by the life of Jesus. That life was so strong in him. That he could encourage the saints in his letters. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He had learned to overcome by this life within. And so toward the end of the first century, God raised him up. So he'd already served many years. But now his sovereign moment had come. Now there's three reasons for this. Of course, it's a great mystery how God raises people up. But at least there's three reasons we can see. And may it encourage all of us to be faithful as John was. The first thing is this. Because John had a heart for the Lord. He kept in his heart all the private and public sayings of Jesus. In the Gospel of John alone, there are 14 messages where Jesus speaks of himself and the Father. These are called the fourteen discourses. 
这就是十四个教导。And every one of those fourteen, only John tells us about. 只有约翰跟我们讲这十四个教导。Like the first discourse after Nicodemus was spoken to about being born again. 第一个教导就是在尼哥底母讲到重生。In that very first discourse, we hear this secret. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life.就在那一件事，我们我们听到啊，神爱世人，甚至将他的独生子赐给他们，叫一切信他的不至灭亡，反得永生。In chapter five，第五章，He speaks thirty-five verses on His union with the Father and His ministry. Tied up in the Father's ministry, I do nothing of myself. Everything I do, I see the Father doing.他呃，他用三十五节，呃，三十五节的圣经讲到他跟呃他天父的执事是在一起的，他不自己做事情，他是听着天父的呃来来做执事。Now think about this treasure chest in John's heart.你可以想象在约翰心里头的呃这么许多的话语。in John chapter six, he speaks of the bread of life. 在第六章，他讲到生命的饼，生命的粮。In John chapter seven, he speaks of the feast of tabernacles about being the living water. 哦，呃，在然后讲到，嗯，呃，祝棚节，讲到活水。In John chapter eight, he speaks about being the light of the world. 哦，在第八章，他讲到主耶稣他是世上的光。In John chapter ten, about the good shepherd. On John chapter eleven and twelve, the resurrection and the life. Ah, 第十一章、第十二章讲到呃复活和生命。John fourteen through sixteen, the Holy Spirit. 然后第十四章到第十六章讲到圣灵。And John seventeen, Jesus' holy prayer before God. 还有第十七章乃是主耶稣在他的天父面前的祷告。Now think of it, brothers and sisters. We would have none of that. If John hadn't kept these things in his heart all those years, 若不是约约翰他那么多年都一直把这些话语存在他心里。We don't know why, but Peter was too busy to record these things in his gospel. Paul was busy building the church, but now there was time and perspective as John looked and remembered these things. 啊，彼得好像太忙于啊建立教会。啊，保罗也忙于就是建造教会，可是约翰却能够把这些话语保存下来。And these teachings that John gives us is the are the deepest revelations of who Jesus was. 啊，约翰给我们的这些话语，真是啊，用最深的程度让我们认识主耶稣是谁。A second reason he was used for this recovery. 啊，第二个原因，约翰被用来啊恢复。So before I say that. Do you treasure the words of Jesus in your heart? 我先问你们，你们是不是在你们心中啊喜悦也啊保存神的话呢？ Do you realize the importance of the testimony of Jesus of you knowing what Jesus says from the heart? 你是不是从你的心里面知道啊主耶稣对你说的话呢？ This is what qualified John for this special mission. 这是为什么啊约翰他是合格，他能够来做这个工作。now there's a second reason, which has to do with John's peculiar relationship to the Word of God. Ah, this is related to John's 
Now our brother Christian Chen talked about this. And I'll never forget what he told us. Every apostle is quite unique. All the apostles are related to the word of God. But in a different way. So as an example, Matthew. Now you can tell from his gospel. Matthew is like a living concordance of the Word of God. Everything that Jesus does, he says, this is according to the Scriptures, and he quotes from the Old Testament. He, he was like a living index, you know? Paul had the great mastery of the doctrines of the Word of God. He knew the law by heart. But as God revealed Jesus in the law, he saw mysteries that had been hidden. Since the beginning of time. Uh, so he was a steward of the mysteries. It's like he, he was a, a, well, you know, we have wine stewards. You know what that is? Uh, now you go, to, you go to fancy French restaurants. And there's always a guy who comes up to your table and says, What wine would you like? Now my wife and I, we don't drink wine. My wife falls asleep if she does. <laughs> but he knows all the wines down in the cellar. There's the bottles over here, the 79 over here, 56 over there. That's like the Apostle Paul. He goes down into the wine cellar and comes up with mysteries about the body of Christ, about I've been crucified with Christ, all kinds of mysteries he's discovered. But now how about John? Uh, he wasn't a steward of the word. Uh, he wasn't a concordance of the word. Now, what was he like? Well, John had a living stream of the word going through his life. Now, he, he wasn't good at memorizing verses. Let me give you an example. Now, the book of Revelation, 22 chapters full of revelations. There's only two scripture quotes in the whole 22 chapters. But, 348 allusions from Old Testament scriptures. Do you know what that means? It means the Old Testament was the living word inside of him. Now, some of you are like this, right? You say, now the word of God says this, but now I don't know where that comes from. Huh? <laughs> 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 
So maybe John didn't know, did that come from Daniel? Or did that come from Ezekiel? Or was that from Isaiah? I don't know. But here it is, it's living. He spoke a living stream when he spoke to people. And that's why in Revelation he was uh, in prison or he was exiled because of the word of God flowing and the testimony of Jesus flowing. So he was the walking word of God. And when he spoke, he spoke about Jesus and his life, that inner life. And the third reason that the Lord held John back to the latter days to raise him up. The whole eternal purpose of God needed the perspective of history of somebody who has been watching before the Lord. John gained the perspective as a spiritual father who knew him who was from the beginning. Now, what's the result of that? Now, this may be a little bit deep, but I hope you understand. Everything that John wrote touched a spiritual reality based in eternity. As a mature apostle, he could see what had happened over that first generation of the church. And he saw it in relationship to eternity past and eternity future. Uh, in the future, he could see the bride. And he could see the land. So he knew where the church was going. But in the past, he could see the, 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 the fallenness and the problems in the church. And so he knew this. Through tribulation, the church was coming into glory. He was one who brought to us four dimensions of Jesus' ministry in the church. And every one of these four uh, uh, dimensions touched eternity. Now in English, we call them the four L's. Jesus' dimensions involve four L's. First one, Logos. The Word. In the beginning was the Logos. This is an eternal dimension he's speaking of. 
Next, in him was eternal life. Life is the second one. The third one, light. He came, and the light of God shone in him, and the darkness could not overcome it. Because it's not just light, it's eternal light. It's been from the past and goes to the future. Uh, now I've left that one L. What could it be? Ah, uh, love, yes. Uh, love. But not love. Eternal love. That comes from before the foundation of the world. And goes out to eternity. So here is a clue for you. Uh, Whenever you read the Gospel of John and you see logos, light, life, love, you better watch out because it's much deeper than you ever thought it was. So John's Gospel brings eternal dimensions, including the restoration of the glory of God. I've spent so much time introducing that uh, I'll just have to mention the verse. So we go back to our two verses in John chapter 1. Now listen to what he said. In the beginning was the Logos. It was always in the beginning. It was always in the beginning with God. It created all things. Why is John using this Logos language? Nobody else uses it. Why is John emphasizing this? Now you see the church has lost something. And what is that? It sees Jesus outwardly, but has lost the eternal Jesus inwardly. Jesus, they knew. They knew the gospel. They knew his teachings. They knew his miracles. They knew how one should walk as a Christian. But the church was leaving behind the spiritual reality inside, which John calls the Logos. You see, this is a great mystery. Like Old Testament, it's also true in New Testament. What is that mystery? How many of you believe Jesus is the way? The truth and the life. Amen? Amen. Everybody could preach on that, right? Ah, yes. Now, you see, it's possible to, uh, as, as it were, you can uh, walk as a Christian, but lose Jesus as the way. Or you can understand the doctrines and the teachings about Jesus, but lose Jesus the truth. 
可是你或许能够得到很多耶稣的教导，可是你却是失去了那个真理。Or we can preach gospel，或者我们传福音，worship，我们赞美，teach the word，我们教导，pray，我们祷告，and somehow miss Jesus the life。可是我们却失去了耶稣的生命。How is that possible？这有没有可能呢？How do we how do we lose the inside reality of Jesus?我们怎么能够失去了主耶稣他里面的那个实际呢？ it's, we 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 just so prefer out, outer things. It's so much easier to know outer things. But John had learned that the secret to recovery is knowing the inner spiritual reality of Jesus.可是约翰知道要能够恢复，呃，我们是需要就是呃呃神的啊神的呃内在的荣耀。So John is expressing it this way. The Logos is the spiritual reality and presence of Jesus. So whereas Matthew, Mark, and Luke took Jesus born and proved that he was Son of God, divine. John goes the opposite way. He starts out saying Jesus is the divine logos. Who became flesh. Now let's read these verses and then I think you'll understand. Verse 14 of John chapter 1. And the logos became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth.道成了肉身，住在我们中间，充充满满的有恩典有真理。我们也见过他的荣光，正是父独生子的荣光。Now you know I'm always curious because I know no Chinese.呃，我经常很好奇，因为我不知道。没有没有，没有没有。我我不会讲中文。So when I hear English verse. And the word of God, you know, the word of God dwelt among us. It really is the word tabernacle in Greek. The word of God tabernacled, set up his tent here on earth. Now I'm wondering, you see, if the Chinese says tabernacle or says dwell. Just dwell. Sure, the Portuguese probably says tabernacle. 这个圣经里面说道成肉身住在我们中间这个住这个意思在英文里头是用那个tabernacle就是用帐幕的意思在我们当中有帐幕这就是那内住的 这就是那内住的, you want to know glory? Jesus. When he tabernacled, we saw the glory again. And this we never fully understood. This glory is full of grace and truth. Oh, Jesus, John says, Jesus was shining. But wait. You know, there's two reasons for the Gospel of John being written. 你知道约翰福音被写有两个原因. 
What's the first reason? He says it in John chapter 20. I think all of you know this. I write these things that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that believing you might have eternal life in His name. So isn't the first reason for the Gospel of John? It's a Gospel. It's used to get people saved. How many of you have read John scriptures to people who, who were seeking Jesus? You see all these interviews, a woman at the well, and Jesus saves everybody. The Gospel of John gives us more one on one conversations where Jesus brings somebody to himself. Sometimes in Manhattan, we go out on the streets, hand out tracts, and sing songs. And we always hand out Gospel of John. You do that down by the library for a gospel meeting? You it's because anybody can read that. Oh, look at this lady. She's a sinner. She got saved. But there's a second reason for the gospel of John. What's the second reason? To recover the glory to the church. And so what do we see here? This isn't just a revelation of Jesus tabernacling among us so we see the Shekinah glory. This is a revelation of the spiritual reality of the church. The church is the body of Christ. The spiritual reality of the church is it's tabernacled on this earth and shines the Shekinah glory of God. Now there wasn't a Christian in the first century who would read this John chapter 1 verse 14 who wouldn't immediately think this, this reality. Now, now what am I saying? Now, let's put it this way. When you see the church today, what do you see? I don't know, some people just see a building. Oh, yeah, that's the church, right here, 146-29 Lavernum. As Lance says, some people say, oh, I left my umbrella in the church. No, 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 that's not the church. But you look around. You see the church? It's those other people. Whole bunches of people. I think most of them are saved, some of them aren't, I think. And that person gives me trouble. That person I don't like. This person I like. This person I like because I don't know them. 
这个我喜欢因为我不认识他们这个教会不是那些人哦这个教会不是那些人哦教会是我们当我们一起播饼的时候教会是我们当我们一起播饼的时候教会是我们当我们一起播饼的时候教会是我们当我们一起播饼的时
The church is a bunch of terrible sinners. And they're hopeless. We gotta beat them up. Maybe somebody will end up with a gold tooth. <laughs> you see, you've gone backwards. When I was a young man, and I began to preach, one day I preached a very fiery sermon. Back then, back then when I spoke, the smoke came out of my hair, and the fire came So one older preacher was listening. And he says, brother, you must make up your mind. Either you feed the sheep or you beat the goats. You see, the sheep are God's people. And the Holy Spirit is purifying them. And we're to help one another by washing with the water of the word. When Jesus looks down at the church, he doesn't see ugly Americans. He sees blood bought saints. And his future bride. That's why he loves us and working out all the wrinkles and all the spots preparing us to be a bride. So John starts right from the beginning with spiritual reality. What is the church? The Logos became Flesh and tabernacle among us. And he is among us. And his Shekinah glory is shining. Watch for the glory. And thank God every time you sense the presence of God. I think we often take it for granted. But have you ever had this happen? Now, some visitor comes. And afterwards they say, Well, that was so wonderful. Because you're here every week, you say, Well, it was so wonderful. But they sense the presence of God. So don't be discouraged in the day of small things. When his Shekinah glory begins to shine. What do we do in the presence of His glory? We worship. We give thanks. Because it's a sign that the Lord is glad in His works. May the Lord recover us to true spiritual reality. This is our prayer in Jesus' precious name. Let's just have a few prayers before we go. Thank <laughs> you.